addressing one of the most stubborn safety issues for pilots of business aircraft, particularly when you're alone on the flight deck. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news and information. NBAA's Business Aviation Convention and Exhibition is coming up in Orlando, Florida from October 18th through the 20th. As has become tradition, the Monday before NBAA base will host the NBAA Single Pilot Safety Stand Down, addressing top safety concerns in single pilot operations. This year's stand down will focus on what happens where the pavement ends, breaking the chain of runway excursions. It is business aviation's most common accident type, and it is ultimately driving a lot of injuries and, and certainly claims too. Mark Larson is NBAA's Director of Safety and Flight Operations and Staff Liaison to the NBAA Safety Committee. When we look to mitigation strategies, we want to make sure that we're addressing all of these issues in a way that is appropriate for a single pilot flight deck that may be different with different realities of resources when you're talking about a crewed aircraft environment. Also joining me on this podcast are three members of the single pilot working group of the NBAA Safety Committee. The group's chair is Rosalie Argetsinger, Director of Flight Safety and Security for Textron Aviation. What common factors do we see most often in runway excursions, Rosalie? There's several factors that can lead to an excursion, but there's definitely a few that seem to rise to the top of the list. We're going to talk about stabilized approaches. Lack of stabilized approach certainly doesn't set us up for success on landing. So we're talking about approaching too fast, incorrect configuration, excessive descent rate. These are the myriad of factors that may be caused by a lack of situational awareness on the approach or leading up to the approach but these could all lead to a runway excursion. Contaminated or wet runways can also be a factor. These conditions can have significant impact on our landing distances, and that impact needs to be well understood going into an approach where you're gonna face those conditions. But then when we're continuing to land, you know, whether it's out of an unstabilized approach without having defined specific go-around criteria, you know, that's another factor that really doesn't set us up for success in executing a landing. Todd Hodes is Chief Pilot for Polymer Resources. Todd, why are runway excursions a particular concern for single pilot operations? When you're flying single pilot, you're the entire team. And, and I think that really stretches into this issue as well. It's a systemic issue. The outcome is the excursion, but if you were to back that up as a single pilot, I think it's in the planning stages of the approach. It's it's how you fly the approach. It's how you mentally prepare for the approach. And again, there's so many resources that you can use as a single pilot. And so being the entire team means looking at it from many angles. Rounding out today's panel is Dan Moore, president of Dan Moore Aero and a designated pilot examiner for the FAA. And in that role, Dan, I know you see a wide variety of pilot skill levels and even attitudes. Todd just mentioned the importance of mental preparation in reducing the risk of runway excursions. From your perspective, how do we change that mindset? The problem that I see seems somewhat systemic from day one. I don't think that pilots are getting enough good instruction on how to utilize or how does a stabilized approach work. They have some general ideas, but nothing concrete. 
So I think from day one, we need to understand that pilots need a better understanding of exactly what a stabilized approach is. And I've said this a number of times, you can't bake a cake with a different recipe and expect it to turn out the same way each time. So configuring the airplane the same way will produce the same result over a long period of time. And, and it's something that you do and then tweak it from there. So I think the pilot mindset has to be one of, we have to get to a point where we need to understand that the closer we get to the airport, the more defined and carefully we need to fly a stabilized approach. As we approach the airport, we're flying the airplane into a funnel. The closer we get to the bottom of the funnel, the more minute the changes need to be. And if we're constantly going back to this set of configurations or parameters that we know have worked in the past and we're faithful enough to return to those known settings, then, you know, we're baking the cake with the same recipe, so to speak. And yeah, the conditions may change slightly, which require us to make minute changes in how we fly the stabilized approach. But if we're always returning back to that point and using those same configurations, ultimately we're going to get very close to the same result, which we can then fine tune as we approach the bottom of the funnel. More of our conversation in a moment. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, your podcast is ready everywhere. You can download it from iTunes, ask your smart speaker to give you a listen, or hear it in any car with Apple's CarPlay. NBAA Flight Plan, available anytime, anywhere. We're back now with members of NBAA's Single Pilot Working Group, Rosalie Argetsinger, Todd Hodes, and Dan Moore, and NBAA Safety Director Mark Larson, and our discussion about preventing runway excursions, particularly in single pilot operations. That will also be the focus of NBAA's Single Pilot Safety Stand Down, taking place October 17th in Orlando, Florida, ahead of NBAA base. Dan, can technology on the flight deck also help pilots mitigate the risk of a potential runway excursion? Absolutely. And the technology that we have available in most business class airplanes, whether that be a, a piston twin, a turboprop, a business jet, there's very few of those that don't have the ability of projecting some sort of at least informational glide path and point in space that if we arrive at that point in space at the approximately right altitude with the right airspeed that we can't produce this result time and time again. As I sit in my office here at the Elizabethan Airport, I can look out the window and see a piece of pavement that's a different color than the rest because of August 15th of 2019, I was sitting in my office the day that an airplane ran off the end of the runway. And so that particular accident started with a number of points where the performance wasn't being met as it relates to the stabilized approach, among other things. But if the approach had been stabilized from the get-go, none of us would know about that day. I think, you know, for me, that reinforced the fact that, hey, you know, there's two highly experienced pilots who chose to do things differently, aka they didn't bake their cake the same way. And as a result of that, I think we all know what happened. But certainly that airplane had the technology to put them at a point in space where they arrived at with the proper airspeed and configuration, which would have produced a normal stabilized approach. Rosalie, what are your thoughts about the role of flight deck technology in preventing runway excursions? 
you know, Dan has a great point about the ability of most business aircraft being able to create a visual approach. So even if, if you're going into an airport that doesn't have an ILS, there is no glide path available to the runway. Typically, you do have the ability to generate some sort of visual approach within the FMS that gives you that better chance of success. As Dan said, it puts you at a known point in space where you understand exactly how the airplane should be configured, your speed, et cetera, uh, to ensure success all the way down. If we move out of the flight deck and to other technologies that are available, you know, there's a variety of flight data monitoring options out there from from the very sophisticated to the very simple that can offer the opportunity to review your performance on landing against a set of targets. I think when we typically think about flight data monitoring or flight operations quality assurance programs, we envision what the airlines have built and you know this room full of people who's who are pouring over data and and all the resources that are involved in that but the reality is there's a lot of great vendors out there that are providing access to even just a handful of parameters as you come into approach that you could review post-flight to determine was I fast? Was I high? When did I configure? And I think people might be surprised at, at what they see, and that gives them that ability to critique and, and really measure their performance against the reality of how the approach played out. Todd, what do you think? You know, I think the one thing that I would add, and it's it's not so much technology, because I, I think in the end, we can have all of the technology at our fingertips. It's in how we interface with it and how we make decisions with it. And again, just back to the single pilot operations, you know, I think a lot of it does come back to that aeronautical decision making and then how you interface that or use the technology appropriately. Indeed. Mark, what other recommended practices should single pilots adopt to make consistently good landings and reduce their risk of runway excursions? So when I think about this issue, there's there's a key piece that you think about in terms of the real-time analysis and, and that approach, right? And, and when we talk to things like technology and understanding that there's even in development by avionics manufacturers, systems that could alert when the aircraft's energy state is such that a runway excursion would be a higher probability of, of occurring, those things can be a great help for some additional situational awareness. want to certainly make sure, though, that we're actively mitigating these things ahead of time and that we're not overly relying on technology to begin with. In some cases, when you consider all of the factors around the flight, the reasons that we're heading to that particular airport and the other arrangements that we've made, whether that's with passengers, crew, ground transportation, things like that, all of those things are really going to come into play into that overall decision-making that Todd was alluding to. And so there really are times where the best decision to make or the best strategy at this point is to address that on the ground before you've ever taken off. So you've got some of those plan B options if the weather doesn't hold and all of a sudden you're dealing with a contaminated runway, whether that's a field that maybe the margins were relatively limited to begin with or you know, there's other pieces. So how, how do you bring the whole picture together as a strategy, effectively understanding, for example, the numbers uh, on the basis of the technology that you have and, and the manufacturer's guidance there, your actual performance that can happen on the front end, but to 
Rosalie's example, using you know some of that data analysis afterwards to use that as part of your debriefing in your flights, and how do you assess your performance against, for example, some of the, the book numbers to begin with, and ultimately using that for risk mitigation going forward. So I think some of those things can be some key strategies and practices to make sure that we're effectively mitigating the risks at appropriate times in our flight planning and during the flights, and, and ultimately reducing the risk overall. Dan, what additional tips would you recommend? From an examiner standpoint, I'd like to see a lot of the flight schools making an effort to teach this to pilots from the beginning stages of training until until they go to their airline job or their corporate flying job or whether they go on to be an owner pilot or whatever the case may be. It needs to be something that's really talked about. Aeronautical decision making may be the hardest thing to train pilots for. However, it, it, it's an effort that's worth the time and worth the effort to train pilots pilots in the proper amount of aeronautical decision-making in order for them to understand that they need to be disciplined as pilots. I know sometimes people feel like the stabilized approach becomes somewhat robotic in its nature, but, you know, if we're trying ultimately for the goal of safety, then some of that roboticism may give us a more repeatable result. And so instilling in pilots early on that discipline of configuration of the aircraft and arriving at that point in space at the right airspeed and altitudes and, and understanding how to make the airplane do those things is, is very important because as a newly minted CFI, one of the things CFIs are taught is the law of primacy. And that law states that the thing that the pilot or the learner learns first becomes the thing that they remember the most. And so not that we can't can't teach the old dog new tricks in terms of teaching the stabilized approaches and teaching them how to arrive at that point in space at the right airspeed and altitude and all those things that are important to coming up with a with the right recipe for a stabilized approach. But it's much easier to teach them this early on than to teach them this later on. So from a standpoint of starting this with primary flight training and then really working forward to, okay, now they're an owner pilot flying a business jet or they're an owner pilot flying a, a turboprop or whatever the case may be. As we talk about single pilot operations particularly, it requires that early input of teaching them the discipline of flying the stabilized approach. And if we start on the front end, it's much easier than trying to input that later on down the road. Not that it can't be done later on down the road, but it's just much easier when it's done at the beginning of a pilot's training versus the end. Todd, does this all come down to single pilots holding themselves to a higher standard, perhaps, given the additional risks they can face on the flight deck? I hesitate to say that you need to hold yourself to a higher standard than a dual crew, because really everybody needs to be held to a high standard. But again, as, as a single pilot, there really isn't a safety net outside of your abilities. And so I, I agree with what everyone's been saying, and I agree with Dan that, you know, it needs to be taken back to the, the primary days of training and instilling that professionalism and, and the discipline to fly the same way every time. And that's not to say that you can't break from the pattern or think outside the box, because as a single pilot, oftentimes you do need to think outside the box, but to have that discipline and uh, integrity too, because I think, you know, when you're alone, you may be tempted to do things because someone isn't watching or you're not, you're not being checked. 
And that's where I think the discipline and holding yourself to a standard and having metrics, if you can, to wrap that data around. But to have that integrity, I think that's really crucial as a single pilot. Rosalie, it sounds like the first step in this process to avoid a runway excursion is to really be thinking about what it will take to perform a safe landing while on the approach and ensuring you have all the relevant runway condition information and performance data beforehand. Right. And we also need to understand what data is going to be critical for us to have in order to ensure success. So we're, we're talking about the performance impact of that contaminated runway or that wet runway, or also understanding what is performance criteria based on. It's based on us being at a certain altitude on a certain airspeed as we you know, cross over the threshold. So all of these things add up. So we have to have that understanding. But then finally, and maybe even most important, when are you going to go around? Uh, we've all got to establish that go around criteria for ourselves. And it should be very clear so that we don't have to analyze the situation in the heat of the moment. It, it should be somewhat automatic that if we haven't met these gates along the approach, then we initiate that go around. And of course, applying that mindset and process can benefit other aspects of single pilot operations too, right? I think we're going to dive into this at the single pilot safety stand down. And the objective is going to be to give the audience some tools that they can take away to prevent them from getting in a situation that may lead to a runway excursion. But building that awareness and getting that kind of ingrained into your habit patterns as a pilot, that's going to carry over into all phases of flight. Uh, Understanding what the risks are as you carry on through a mission, assessing that risk and mitigating. That's really what we're talking about here with awareness and then applying the self-discipline to be able to have that successful outcome that we're all hoping for. This year's NBAA single pilot safety stand down is the result of collaboration between many stakeholders within our industry. That includes the groups comprising the NBAA Owner Pilot Association Coalition, which brings together leaders of business aircraft owner pilot organizations to develop activities that will enhance safety and better serve the owner operator community. To learn more about owner-pilot-centered activities at NBAA Base, the Single Pilot Safety Stand Down, and other sessions and activities throughout the show, visit the official homepage at nbaa.org forward slash base. That's B-A-C-E. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.